Hey there, fellow streakers. We're back with you again on another streaking podcast, and we are so excited to be with you. As we say, pretty much every week, we're excited. But this week is especially fantastic because we have an individual who we've wanted to talk to for quite some time. She is the founder of Hint Water. And if you haven't had that water, you need to experience it because it is some of the best water that you will ever have in your life. And she is also a podcaster and a writer. She just wrote a book called Undaunted. We're going to talk to her a little bit about that. She's an entrepreneur. Um, she was in the tech industry. She's got all kinds of experience. We are so excited to welcome Kara Golden to the show. Let's get streaking. Awesome. Kara, we're so excited to have you here. Thanks for coming on. Absolutely. I'm really excited to be here. We're just thrilled. We wanted to start today. We just, so as Jeff was saying, um, we were reading your book undaunted and it's called undaunted overcoming doubts and doubters and we're excited to talk to you about it today we wanted to start at the very end of your book you have a wonderful story about hiking the grand canyon from rim to rim and it has talking about overcoming fear of heights heat exhaustion billy goats rattlesnakes coyotes um, all kinds of, I mean, just, and, and we loved that story. So we kind of wanted to start with that, just telling us a little bit about how that came about and, and how you, why you finished the book with that story. Yeah. You know, I think it's a story of, of you, you, everyone has fears, right? And sometimes these fears exist in our business life. Sometimes they exist in our personal life. Sometimes they sit with us for a long time and we haven't done anything about them. And I encourage people all the time to sort of dig and find those. Don't sort of like, you know, leave them way behind. I mean, face your fears, I think is is uh, the, the key saying on that. And for me, it was, I had accomplished a ton in my life. Um, and I really felt like there was this one thing that I was super afraid of, and that is heights. And I haven't wow. totally gotten over my fear of heights, but uh, anyone who knows me well, and certainly my immediate family um, would attest to this, that I can't go to a place where there is a height situation and feel like I'm completely comfortable. And so I always really just try and push through and sort of mentally kind of get myself through these different situations. But when somebody asked me one day, like when was the first time that you ever really realized that you had the sphere of heights and it was going to the Grand Canyon. And I grew up in Arizona and it was a family trip that we took with our, my family, my parents drove us up there. And I remember looking down and thinking, oh my gosh, this is really, really far down. If I fall, I'm, you know, not going to be coming back. <laughs> and so I thought maybe I should actually go and hike that Canyon. And I think I might've mentioned it to my husband initially. He's like, that sounds like a really crazy idea. And I had been saying for years that I'd heard, you know, that there's mules that come up and you always have to be careful because they'll, you know, push you off the side. I mean, not literally, but I mean, uh, you know, there's, I've talked to people who have, it's pretty tight quarters at times. Right. So, uh, so I had done all my research. I had researched the right shoes so I wouldn't slip um, on, you know, the, the dirt, the gravel that exists on, on these uh, steep paths. And 
I had, um, you know, really, I felt prepared. I had tried to find mountains around the Bay Area where I live and up in Tahoe to sort of like hike the elevation, all of these things. And so finally, I remember being at a soccer game, actually, and a friend of mine, right before I was headed to the Grand Canyon, she asked what I was doing for the weekend. And I told her I was going to the Grand Canyon. And she happened to know that I was afraid of heights. I think she was afraid of heights. And we'd had this conversation. And she said, like, how are you going to do that? I mean, that just seems crazy. I mean, won't you get up there and you'll just, you know, just not Please. be able to accomplish it? <laughs> yeah. And I, I said, no, 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 it's fine. And she, and she almost like psyched me out because she said, what time are you starting? And I said, I don't know, nine o'clock in the morning. And she said, well, how, I mean, how are you going to do that? It's going to be light out. And she said, I think I'd want to like go in the dark. Ha ha ha. And all of a sudden I thought, that's a great idea. It'll be cooler mm -hmm. in the dark. I'll have a headlamp anyway. And uh, so I called my sister and I said, is it okay if we start at like four o'clock in the morning? Because even if we go slow on the path, that will um, that'll give us enough time to get out of the canyon before it's dark, because we decided not to stay down at the bottom and camp out. And we were doing the entire um, over 20 miles in um, in one day. Wow. And so, yeah, so we so she said, sure that's that's fine and um, she didn't want me to bail and so uh, so you threatened with bailing if we couldn't start a little bit earlier I did. and so she convinced her husband and her son and uh their friend that was coming with us and my daughter was coming with me too and uh and so off we went and so the next morning we woke up at four and started and it was really like the best strategy because i i had my headlamp and I could only see in front of me. It was pitch black and yeah. mules really weren't out at that point. Either. So it was like great getting down. Well, then as we headed towards the bottom of the canyon, um, that's when something happened that uh, that I share in the book that is um, is a story of unexpected things will happen along the way, mm -hmm. better, whether it's in business or whether it's in life. And and what I've really learned is that there are a lot of things in your journey, as long as you continue to challenge yourself in your journey, um, even before those times that really help you to prepare because nothing really prepares you for a situation like ours, like a herd of goats, mountain goats that literally jumped over my sister and my head and almost your kid, your kid, so like right came down and jumped straight over your head i mean is that straight over our head and wow. my brother-in-law was kind of walking a little behind and saw the whole thing i mean and it was just like oh my gosh and we could do nothing but laugh at it i mean i remember looking to my left kind of up the mountain and seeing and, and again we've been hiking for a little bit it's like sunrise and all of a sudden this herd of goats is going over our heads. And I don't know if they were wanting to charge us or they just decided that was their way down and they were going down for water. I don't know what they were doing, but nonetheless, like it wouldn't have been a good situation. No. And I, and wow. so I said to my sister, I mean, I just started laughing. I said, can you imagine if this is like how we went down? I mean, uh oh, 
you know. The- Imagine the story. <laughs> we were killed by billy goats. By billy goats, right? Like, I just was hysterical, wow. like, you know, like hallucinating and somewhat, you know, like just couldn't even believe it. But, but that's a story you know, of that happening and how things do happen along the way. And, and again, you know, you just have to keep going and keep rolling. It wasn't my time. Like all of those things were going through my head. And then as we were hiking a little bit further, it was this flat area of the Canyon. And I talked to so many people about the Canyon who had hiked it, including my brother who had you know, done it many times, had ran it, had like knew the canyon really well. No one mentioned to me that the bottom floor that is, you know, eight to nine miles is totally flat and there's no shade at all. And it's, and it was, we were doing it in October. So it wasn't as hot as June or August, but it was still hot. Still warm. Yeah. Yeah. So hot. And it was belting down and actually, um, a friend of ours, Jamie, um, he looked back at me and I had a sun hat and everything. I was, you know, again, prepared, but not prepared. I mean, it was just hot. And he looked at me and saw me talking gibberish and was just, and instead of freaking me out, he just said, I just remember him saying, come swimming with me. And I'm like, what? What? You know, what? no idea what he was talking about. Is I said, "Where are you going swimming?" He said, "Over here." And I said, "That's the Colorado River. We're going to be like going down the river. I'm not going in the river. There's no way I'm arguing with them." And he pulled me and and mm. got me, you know, into into the water immediately. And I felt myself just really. I mean, all of a sudden, I cooled down, and I just didn't even know how hot it wow. was. I've never been in that situation before, but you know, sometimes you have to recognize that there's going to be people who are going to see when you're challenged, when you're um, in danger, right? Mm -hmm. And you have to accept the help instead of trying to, I got this, everything's great. Like, let people help you. And so So you were in the early stages of heat exhaustion. I mean, that was a, that was a serious situation. It sounds like It was really scary. And, um, and then going up the mountain, I mean, that's, that's, I thought, okay, I'm home free. I've gotten almost killed by goats. I'm like, you know, I've conquered the, I'm not, I've conquered the heights. I'm not going to die of heat exhaustion. I think I just got to get out of the Canyon and I'm good. Yeah. I think one of the things you say in the book is what you quote Mike Tyson, you know, everyone has a plan until you get hit in the mouth. (laughs) It sounds like got hit in the mouth a couple of times. Yeah. And, and again, like I thought, I'm through the worst. There is, Mm -hmm. I just want to get the heck out of the Canyon, see my husband, see my son who was waiting at the top of the Canyon. And I thought that was great. And there was a group of my party that was walking ahead. There was my sister and my husband were walking behind and I was kind of doing my thing. I also realized in doing my thing, sometimes when things are really challenging for me and definitely as an athlete growing up, I felt like I had to sort of have my own space and do my own thing when I was, when I'm really tired, I need that space. And that's when I think, and I work, you know, through my challenges, which I was definitely challenged at this point and trying to hit those last few miles getting out of there. And I was, um, as I was walking along, it was sundown and I thought for sure, um, you know, just 
a little bit longer. It'll be fine. And it was just all these switchbacks. They're called just going along the canyon. And all of a sudden I run into a rattlesnake. And I knew there were snakes in the canyon, but I really did not know that I would run into one. I mean, I thought they're off to the side. They're not going to be in the path. And the path isn't very wide. And so you have a choice. You can either uh, be bit by the rattlesnake. You can keep walking through it. Or I remembered that people told me I've never encountered a snake before, even growing up in Arizona, not at least close up. And I just kept thinking, okay, what do I do? He's hissing at me. He's like, you know, getting pretty upset. And I remembered to step back. Like somebody had told me that they can jump, you know, Mm. and so I thought, okay, all I can do is jump back and wait. And, And I think like that is whether it's in your personal life, um, in my case, you know, hiking the Grand Canyon or in business, sometimes you don't control the timing, right? You don't control these challenges that come into your path that are, you know, not wanted challenges. And sometimes you have to figure out a way how to push through them. Sometimes you have to push through them by actually waiting them out. And the, you know, the analogy for me just seems so clear here I am, you know, twiddling my thumbs, watching that snake very carefully. Um, and then eventually he just slithered down the hill. And as soon as I stopped hearing the rattle, I was like, okay, I'm out. Okay, I'm, good. I'm out. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> right. And, and then, you know, I thought, okay, these, th- these things have happened. Now what? Now I-, <laughs> I get out of here. I'm going to have a beer, have a hint, like right, right. go out of here now. And, uh, and then, you know, run into a pack of coyotes. I mean, all of these things, <laughs> oh <my goodness. laughs> I just was like, are we, and I loved as, as, as we were looking at it and reading it, I loved the, like, it's a journey of your business as well, where you put yourself there, you knew, okay, this is something that I don't have. I, I don't know I can do it before you yeah. never, you know, you came from the tech industry. You'd never been in the beverage industry. You hadn't. I mean, talk about fear of heights. It's like, okay, I guess we'll just start figuring we'll this out. We'll just figure this out. And 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 you prepare, you research, and you talk to people, and you do as much as you can. But I loved through each one of those different challenges, like the billy goats. You're like, we laughed. We kind of laughed that, you, you know, it was a little stressful at first, but then there was a little bit of a relief because it's like, okay, who saw that coming? <laughs> who, who saw the goats flying over our head? But there it was. And then the exhaustion where you look at it and you're like, okay, knowing those times when you need to push through and knowing those times where there's someone close to you who sees something that you don't and you're like, okay, I need to listen this time. I, I need to listen and, and do what they're saying. And then times where you encounter something, I've, I've, I've encountered a rattlesnake before and the actual sound of the rattler is quite eerie. Like if you haven't actually, it's, it's a pretty eerie sound. And so knowing that's like, okay, there's real danger here. We just need to sit back and wait this one out because I don't want to make my problems worse. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's, it's just exactly what you're saying. And I think, you know, going back to your original question, why did I put that story in there at the end? I think so often people have had this concept of separate your business and your personal life. I think that's, that's always really been challenging to me because I believe if you really love what you're doing in business and you can find a way to make money, that's what I share with my um, anyone who's listening who uh, asked me for my thoughts and advice. I mean, that's like the Mecca, right? Yeah. Of a 
but do it. So why should you separate your business and your personal life? In fact, I think that if you love what you're doing and you challenge yourself in both your business and your personal life, then those things feed off of one another. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because the construct of separating work and business actually happened in the Industrial Revolution when you had to go to a factory. Mm -hmm. Before that, families were all working together, whether it be agrarian society or running the store or any of those things. That, that construct came about when it was, we need to go to the factory. And one of the things that I see as far as business is concerned moving forward, because we now have kind of crossed this hurdle of we can do face-to-face -face on a video, we don't have to be in an office, the pandemic really provided that opportunity for us to be able to now mesh back to work and home life together. And like you said, I mean, this is one of the things that Jamie and I love doing is this this whole this podcast and some of the mm -hmm. other business ventures that we have but we mesh it together we involve the children and everything else because that's our love and our passion and what we want to do and that's that's what i saw with hint as you went through you know there was a couple of defining moments that i wanted to ask you about that I, as as i read in the book one of them in particular really stuck out to me and it was when you called the coca-cola executive and it was early it was early in the business and you were you were at a point, and you can correct me where I'm wrong here, but from what I understood, Hint had grown a little bit, but it was, you know, you're just trying to get... Still climbing the mountain. Still climbing the mountain, <laughs> still trying to get out there, still trying to do this. And you call this Coca-Cola executive, and he starts talking to you, and then he says this word. He says, oh, sweetie, and kind of patronizes you and talks down to you. It seemed to me, uh, in the book, it seemed like that was a defining moment. You're like, oh, no. This, this guy did not just say that to me, and... I can't. I don't care what's going to happen. I'm overcoming this. But maybe, maybe give us a little flavor or color around that. Yeah, there's so many stories, and I mean, my my husband and I, who's been our chief operating officer, we we laugh about every day. We remember new stories along the way, and that was definitely a defining moment uh, in Hint for sure. And just to set it up, it came at a time when I really was done with Hint. I had. I had just decided that there were a lot of things that I didn't know and I was throwing the towel and I couldn't figure out how to produce a product that was all uh, using all fruit and uh, didn't have preservatives in it. And I didn't know how to get distribution like I needed to do. We were doing well in San Francisco where I lived in, in local markets, but I didn't know how to get the product to Chicago and New York. And I needed a, a distribution partner of some sort. So I thought maybe this gentleman at Coca-Cola, who my friend so kindly introduced me to, would be able to kind of help me. Maybe he'd even take on the bottling for me and really help me to figure out how to do this product. Because of course, he's an experienced person. He's been at the company for many years. He's very senior executive. Maybe I can share with him how you know great our product is and how well it's doing in the Bay Area. And when I called him and you know set the company up for this is how great we're doing. This is why you want it. By the way, I I used to drink a lot of your product, Diet Coke, and I don't anymore because I don't want these diet sweeteners. And there's probably other people like me. That's when he jumped in and he said, "Sweetie, Americans love sweet. This product isn't going anywhere." Like I was, you know, the, just this like minor you know, grain in the, in the sand on the beach. I mean, it was just not even 
that's not even worth the time. (laughs) Yeah. Not even worth the time. He was doing this as a favor, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And it's funny because so many people have said to me, I mean, why didn't you say, excuse me, what did you say to me or hang up on him or whatever? Um, And I don't know why I didn't. I think more than anything for me, I felt I was so stunned. And in many ways, I'm thankful for the fact that he stunned me because it was at that point when I was just, you know, we didn't have uh, video conferencing as, as like we do today, but it was, so it was a phone call and I was just sitting here thinking, oh my gosh, this is crazy. I'm definitely not speaking to somebody who, um, you know, we see eye to eye in any way, but I just sat there and listened. And after a few minutes of listening to him, that's when I realized that he was really sharing his strategy with me. I mean, he really believed that I was incorrect. I mean, he called me sweetie, but I think what he was really saying and, you know, not such a very professional and respectful way that he, he really believed that the world did want sweet and that they were really focused on calories. And at that time they were trying to move from 10 calories down to, um, you know, less calories than mm-hmm. that. And they were trying to get to zero, but they didn't know when they would get to zero. And so I think for me, it was, it, it was about 45 minutes into the call where I, you know, learned a lot. And at the end we hung up and it was pleasant enough. And I thought, okay, I have a choice. I can either sit there and focus on the fact that he called me sweetie, or I can focus on the fact that I just heard a lot about what this giant, very experienced beverage company is doing. And I don't see the market this way at all. I've always really trusted my gut around consumers and it's been, you know, pretty on target in a different industry, but I believe from my own experience that I was onto something that people were going to be moving away from diet soda when they started to read ingredients. And so I thought, there's no use in me trying to convince him because you can't convince this person. I don't have experience. He's obviously not, right. but he has a lot more money than I do. And I, I remember having this visual of him like being in this giant uh, cruise ship and going down a river. I guess that does happen somewhat. Maybe in Europe, they go down rivers. I don't know. I had this imagine this visual image of that. And I was this tugboat that didn't even have a motor, right? That I'm like trying really hard to go, but I could do it, but it was just going to be harder. And he could eventually come for me and come for this market if he got it. And, but it would take him a while to move the ship around. And so that was like how I was thinking, you know, and I thought I better just throw the gas on and paddle as hard as I can, because that's all I can do. Did you have a question, Jamie? Did you have a thought? No, I just love that. I love that. I love that it was what ended up what could have been insulting and that you could have allowed that insult to, to end the scenario instead ended up being something where you were able to gather a huge amount of information. But then also, it sounds like it kind of became a slow burn for the rest of what you were doing. If you were to a point where you're like, I think I'm done. It sounded like after that conversation, you're like, I'm not done. I, I'm, I'm in. And I I'm did s- walk into that conversation 
sorry, I, I didn't walk okay. into that conversation actually thinking that I would have this conclusion either. Right. Right. Sounds I, like you were actually hoping for something different. We're all kind of hoping that, hey, this, you know, maybe they'll love me and, and I'll be able to use their mass amount of resources and this would be a little bit easier. <laughs> but oh, that's not, <laughs> you know, that's oh, not what happened. But in the end, what did happen is that the you used the resources that you had and became even stronger. And and we're still I also love though that you that you appreciated that he he did share resources with you, just not the ones that that you were expecting, but the resource of knowledge. And and that's another part in your book where it's just like be willing to share what you know and and this idea of that as we share, we all grow from each other and and learn and and progress because of the different things that we know. And so I, I love that you were able to see past that situation in that stunned moment. And be able to look at it and be like, okay, I'm getting a lot of information here. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I was telling, I was mentoring an entrepreneur the other day, and I was, um, he had read my book and he was asking me about this. And he said, I'm really surprised that you would talk to Coca-Cola, especially when you were so, you know, young in in the stage of your company. Right. I said, you know, I've always talked to people because I've actually learned that it could just, I may walk away and think that was a total waste of time, but usually I learn something. I yeah. mean, I've always been, and I'm still, and I, I said to him, like, you know, it's something that I've always, um, I I've believed. And, and because of it, I've actually met, you know, pretty much every CEO of every food company, because they'll just like want to reach out to me and they'll talk to me and you can be smart enough about what you say to them. Right. right. But I, I also believe that they might be able to help me down, uh, down the line. And, and, and frankly, you know, it's, it's interesting. I haven't even talked about this, but one of the initiatives that I became really passionate about throughout, um, throughout uh, the building of Hint was um, clean water. I've learned a ton about water and how we have different plants all over the U S and how water varies greatly depending on, you know, where, uh, we're actually producing. And, mm -hmm. um, and so when that initiative was coming up, which is very much a, you know, everyone needs clean water. It doesn't matter. It's a bipartisan issue. You know, it's right. It, it's, I, those were the first people that I reached out to. And I said, you know, I want you to sign on to this. Like, I don't want any money from you. I want you to just, and of course, like they were like, of course. And again, trying to figure out how do you stay connected with some of those people too? Cause you just never know right. like, who they're going to run into, whether or not you're going to need an investment from them, whether or not you're going to need them for a nonprofit effort that you're mm -hmm. working to do really with your company. So I want to pause right here for just a second. One of the things that our streakers look for is what are the consecutive activities that are happening in a person's life to make them, you know, be where they are. And one of the things that I heard from you, and I wanted to point this out to all the streakers, because when you talk about setting up a professional streak, one in which you're aiming to get to know something or being curious, or you want to be a continuous learner, or you are an entrepreneur, one of the streaks that I have is to request to connect with at least one new person daily. So LinkedIn is this great resource and requesting to connect. And what I see what you said, Kara, is 
you never know when that person is going to be someone who you may need to call on for a bit of information or a potential investor or any of those particular areas. And so having that constancy or that consecutive, and this is one of, this is a streak that I've now had for, um, let's see here, I've, it's uh, one of my younger streaks, 142 days. And the number of individuals that we've connected with, in fact, Kara, that's how we got connected with you, is that's part of the streak, is reaching out to and connecting with people because it just not only gives you possible opportunity for the future, but it enriches your life. I mean, yeah. the number of people that I've totally had the opportunity to, to talk with and what you have and what you did and, and model so well in the book is this whole gift of curiosity, you know, this skill of, I'm just going to get real curious and figure out what this is about. I mean, that seems to have benefited you quite significantly through life. Yeah. And I think also not being afraid when you're, you know, meeting these people, it's not just about meeting these people as a, you know, checkbox, right? right. I think or it's as really, a resource or. Totally. It's about it really just meeting people to learn. And, and I think that that's something that I, that I've learned. I mean, one of my, you know, funniest stories, funny to especially people in finance is when I was seated next to Jamie Dimon, who runs JP Morgan Chase at a dinner. And I, and as my husband said, you were probably the only one in the world that didn't know what Jamie Dimon looked like. And <laughs> you know, we were talking, he had just, he's a survivor of throat cancer. And, and we we're talking about, he was his first um, public appearance since, since he had been off for throat cancer. And I, and I had just been invited to an entrepreneur's dinner in San Francisco by JP Morgan. I had no idea that J, that Jamie would be sitting there at the table and super nice guy. And we're talking about cancer, about throat cancer. I'm not talking to him about Bitcoin and, you right. know, everybody else wanted to talk to him about a lot of other things. And, and, but sometimes just not actually having, you don't think anything is like, you might not have anything to talk to that person about actually become a mentor to me. Uh, and I mean, really somebody that when I've started looking at, you know, financing and what do we, which direction should we go in? Should we do a SPAC? Should we do go and do an IPO? Whatever it is, like he's become somebody where, you know, like he's, he enjoys, he enjoys hint, but he also just enjoys the youngness of the company and the yeah. energy of it and, and all of these things. And, you know, I'm not, I, I'm, I am not the analyst person. I don't talk finance, but he loves the creativity and the difference and sort of like hearing from me, the challenge that we have along the way. So again, put yourself into positions where you just meet people and don't, you know, and be yourself. So as you do that, because the title of your book is Overcoming Doubts and Doubters, as you're putting yourself out there, you're meeting new people, you're talking to people, we've talked about times that it's gone well and sometimes that it's not as well. As you meet new people, I think sometimes that's also going to um, kind of stoke some of your own insecurities sometimes. Um, how have you overcome your own doubts as you're putting yourself out there? And then the times where the people really have been doubters, like they're doubting you, they're doubting your product, they're doubting what you can do. Both of those, do you know what I mean? When you're when you're out there meeting new people, I think sometimes that's part of what causes people to maybe shut down more 
is is working through how to deal with my own doubts and how to deal with when I encounter someone who is legitimately doubting me. Yeah, well, first of all, I think if you set yourself up for uh, for situations where you know you're meeting new people, um, you're taking on new challenges, um, they're not always going to be perfect, right? You're not right. going to do everything to everybody, uh, and I think like that's the first thing to remember along the way. But I feel like you know it's really about being able to. It, 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 it's really about understanding that you're going to learn a lot of things from these people and, you know, more than anything, just be yourself. And mm -hmm. sometimes I think it goes back to even the Grand Canyon story where, you know, sometimes you learn things about people that you don't even expect to learn about them. And if you get so caught up in their experience, like whether that's, you know, the big Coca-Cola, right? Or, you know, the big Jamie Diamond or whatever, you're, I mean, that's scary, right? You're mm -hmm. like having a conversation with one of the top executives at Coca-Cola or Jamie Diamond arguably like runs, you know, finance in the world, right? Like that is scary. Starting a company is scary. I mean, mm -hmm. still to this day, like going the, the whole sentence of, I'm going to go start a company. I mean, that like gives me a pit in my stomach because when you know too much about the end, right? It's like you won't get past the beginning because it's just you, you might as well just throw the towel in. And mm -hmm. so what I always tell people instead is you have to sort of move along and float along in your, in your life and enjoy what you're doing more than anything. Because if you don't, then you know, you just, you just won't move forward. Right. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of scary stuff that happens along the way. And I mean, this is something I tell my college age kids, like, it's just, you, you just have to keep moving forward and you do the best you can and you try and all of those, you know, things that you learn along the way, I think are, um, those are the people that are the most successful. It's not the people that were, um, handed stuff or, you know, that never had scary times along the way. It's the people that just go and, you know, put them, put themselves out there and try. And, and, and I think also kind of laugh about themselves too. Yeah. Have a good sense of humor about themselves. Well, I know yeah. we're coming up on, uh, on time and I want to be uh, conscious of that. One story that just before we end, there was a point where you had a bottler and that bottler had either was going to raise their prices or something like that. And you had to make a serious pivot at Hint to uh, another bottler or to do something different or else. I mean, it was just it, that obstacle seemed like me, seemed like to me like the pack of coyotes at the end of the trail, even though I know it wasn't. But it's like we got to do something. And this bottler, we've had a relationship with them for a long time. And now we're, we're going to have to do something different that seemed like one of the other defining moments that really caught my attention. Yeah, I think there's there's more than a few of those stories along the way, but I think that the thing that I've learned and and I think my husband who's been the chief operating officer, I would say that he's learned as well as it's it's a natural in instinct to think like we don't have any choice, we have to go along with something, you know, I have to get up the mountain, I have to get through these coyotes, whatever it is, but you have to stand up for yourself and you have to do what's right for your business. And I think like one of the strategies that I've learned that 
you know, has definitely worked um, in the right direction almost every time is to really share with the other side of the table kind of how you're thinking about it, whether or not it's right or it's wrong. This is how you got to where you're at. And I think that sometimes you get to where you're at because you've had bad relationships with other bottlers and thing, and you just like don't want to see that movie before. And I think actually throwing all of that out there is probably the most important thing. So you're just not saying, ah, you're ripping me off. You're charging me too much money, whatever it is. You need to really put your own stakes in the ground and say, this is how I need to move forward as I'm, as I'm, you know, leading this company. And I think that that's a really important thing for everybody to remember, whether you're looking at it for your, you know, again, your company or your, your life. Right. And, and I think that because when you feel like you don't have choices either, when you feel like you're doing something that just doesn't feel good to you, you resent it and you don't want to, I don't think you don't want to, you know, play a life that you resent, right? Those have to be really unhappy people and people that are probably untrustworthy as well. I mean, you know, you can sort of really unpack that whole um, stuff that that does to you, but I think it's just instead actually owning what you're doing and your reasons, knowing your why is really the key thing. Such a critical thing, knowing your why. In fact, that that one other thing that I remember is when you refused to do the buy one, get one free, the BOGO deal, to because everyone else was doing it. I mean, the bottom had fallen out of the market and everyone was coming to you and saying, hey, and that would have eroded all of your profit margin and everything else that you had in there. And so you, you guys stood firm and you said, no, we're not going to do this. Hint is... Uh, a water that people believe in. It's a it's a brand it, that people are going to continue to believe in. And then I remember uh, just reading about how you had to convince your investors that that was going to be okay. I mean, that, that had to be quite an interesting experience. Yeah, and and I think like that's the thing too is that you know when you have enough experiences too. I saying this to uh, my son the other day, it's like when you go through enough of these situations where you're thinking that's never going to work out well, you can look back on history. Like that's what the the older people have. You have history, right? right? You can look back, which is good and bad because you form your opinions based on your own journey. And history. uh, Right. And, but, but you can also sort of say, you know, I have to look at myself and sort of the decisions I've made and how maybe initially going in, I didn't know if it was going to turn out this way, but it did. And I learned other things along the way, but my gut really said to do it one way. And, you know, maybe that, maybe that uh, distributor or or maybe that store would say, no, we're not going to carry you and, and whatever. But I knew my walkway, it was possible that it was going to happen. Um, and then it didn't. Right. And so I think like, that's the thing that you need to really kind of, I guess, go through that journey a little bit and figure out how much you can trust yourself to, um, and say no, if you run a life of being afraid to make decisions, I mean, those are the people that tend to have the most failures tend to have, you know, the, the most, you know, 
really hard knocks because they weren't willing to take the chance. They weren't willing to stand up for themselves. They didn't have they didn't have choices. Um, so all of them. Well, and I think they allow that failure to be the defining moment rather than what they learned from those failures. And, and so they, they start to define themselves as a failure rather than learning from the experience. Totally. Right. And, so. and, and yet they can't, I often think, you know, those people, if they unpacked kind of like, what was their choice? I mean, right. so often people leave conversations, like whenever they have a failure to say, you know, what choice did I have? I think you always do have a choice, whether right. or not you recognize that you had a choice, you know, mm-hmm. you leave or you could stay, right? If you're going to stay. I think you stay under these conditions or you go under these conditions, whatever it is, but you start to really play all of those different options out because then when you decide that you made the, maybe you made a decision, it was the wrong decision, then you can actually use that information to make a better decision. To make a better one. Yeah, yeah that's good. Well, Kara, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been wonderful. A couple of insights. We always like to share insights that we gained as we went along. A couple of insights for me. One, deliberate persistence is one of the things that I heard that's significant. And and being deliberate about what it is you want to do, standing up for yourself, and being persistent, continuing forward with it. And that's one of our key tenets of streaking, is it's always that persistence deliberate. Jamie, what what were some of your insights? My takeaways I loved was... Don't be afraid to take on your fears, to, to take it head on and, and look at it. Um, towards the end, talking about how we evaluate failures and learning from them and putting them in their proper place. And, um, and then also just loving how much life's journey becomes a metaphor for so many of the things that we're doing. I really enjoyed looking at that. And I, for me, the visual of the billy goats and the snakes and the coyotes and heat exhaustion as kind of a metaphor for all that you went through in your business too and recognizing the different ways that you take on the different challenges. And then also the way that you were just like, okay, we just got to keep going. Even when there were times where you thought, I think I'm done or I'm just around the corner. It's just right around the corner. And then, and then you make that next bend and you're like, it's not around the corner. Just all of that is really great visual for me to have that. Just Absolutely. keep going and being persistent. And Kara, any additional insights that you'd like to add just before we finish? Yeah, I mean, I I would say something I've learned along the way is that, you know, dark times, dark situations, they never last, right? And I think that you do need to, whether it's keep going or push through, um, to try and find that gleam of hope, right? And and I think that it's so important um, for people to recognize that because I think we all get stuck when it's, you know, hairy times and and hairy situations. And instead, I always feel like you got to find the light. And that's the most important thing, um, you know, to remember. And we all have challenging times, even the most successful people. Um, but you have to, those people know that they have to figure out where's the light. That's great. That is absolutely great. Well, Kara, thank you so much for joining us today. All of our streakers out there, if you would like to 
first of all, get Hint Water. It is absolutely amazing. Seriously, you'll never go back to any other drink than you won't. that. It it's is just awesome. absolutely phenomenal. We are so glad that you kicked your Diet Coke habit in order to get this. I know. It, it, it's done wonders for all of our lives. Also, if you'd like to listen to Kara, she does the Unstoppable with Kara Golden podcast, where she interviews founders, entrepreneurs, and other disruptors across various industries. Fantastic podcast. You can also follow Kara on, on uh, social handles at Kara Golden and uh, just follow her there. So, and as always, if you'd like to reach Jamie or I, you can do that via email at Jeffrey, J-E-F-F-E-R-Y at streakingmastery.com or Jamie, J-A-M-I at streakingmastery.com. We are certainly grateful you are here today, Kara. And for all of our other streakers out there, we hope that you have a fantastic day and week. And until we talk again, keep streaking. A better